Okay, hey guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. Today I have a really awesome guest. So if you want to introduce yourself real quick and then we will just get right into some questions. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. Um, my name is Jen Ireland and I am a mental skills coach and founder of Expand Your Game. Um, what I do is I create content for female soccer players to help them really harness their power and expand their game in the area of mental performance skills. So my little impact statement that I always like to say is I empower female soccer players to own their growth and maximize their potential by expanding their mental performance skills, reframing limiting beliefs and uncovering authentic passion and drive. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so kind of starting, like where did the idea for expand your game come from? Was it just through coaching or? So, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was definitely started, it was a COVID project, right? So <laughs> I started my website in 2020 when we had all this time on our hands. Um, but kind of the trajectory of what got me there, I did play soccer growing up. I did play club. I never played in college. I never really went beyond the high school years. Um, and at that point it was fine. I wasn't one of those players that was very invested in it at that time, but I got involved in coaching because it was something that I'd really always wanted to do. I'd always been interested in like education side of things, even though I, my career was being a journalist. Um, but I started coaching when I lived in Seattle, I started with Seattle United and that was about seven years ago. And I, let's see, to put it, <laughs> to put it in the best words possible, I was coaching female athletes, middle school and high school age. And I was also at the same time going through a lot of growth in my personal life. And I started to see, I was very invested in personal development, self-improvement, all that stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I started to learn on my own that had nothing to do with soccer. I started to see that there was actually a lot of overlap on the soccer field. And a lot of the issues that I was dealing with, whether it's like, you know, um, pressure, expectations, perfectionism, fear of failure, like all these things were also kind of showing up with my players. And I really related to them because obviously I had been a teenage girl yeah. at one point. So I started to get really invested in that part of the game. And I love all other aspects of the game. I'm a huge student of the game. Um, even though I did not play professionally, I actually think that's a benefit to me because I've had to teach myself a lot of what I know and I am really into it and invested in learning in it about it not just the mental skill side but every piece of the game but long story short I started kind of creating some tools and having some conversations with my players either one-to-one -one or in group settings that did start to impact their ability to play better so I knew I was on to something and I knew that it was different because nobody had been having these conversations with players before. Yeah. And the thing that a lot of, like when we're talking about topics that are hard, like these, you know, dealing with the pressure, dealing with the expectations, dealing with like wanting to, you know, your self-worth being attached to your performance on the soccer field, all these things, many players, they think that they're, these are things that are unique to them, right? The self-criticism, I do like all these things that I have going on in my head, but the thing is they're actually shared experiences that yeah. everyone is experiencing slightly different because people are different, right? But in general, everyone's experienced them, including me, like as I was, you know, older than them and in a different environment, I was still experiencing things. 
So long story short, that's how I got into mental skills because I, <laughs> I kind of fell into it while I was coaching and realized and saw in front of my eyes that working on this stuff could have a direct impact on how much they enjoyed the game, how well they played and just kind of collective, the collective um, team culture and style of play in terms of like how we all mesh together. But yeah, yeah, that's how, that's how I stumbled into it. It has (laughs) greatly evolved since then, which is wonderful, but that's where it started. (laughs) No, I think that that's so awesome because I feel like in any aspect of your life, like I've said this on episodes before, but like, if I wasn't having like a like my best mental health day, like you're not going to be putting like your best work forward because you're so worried about all these other things. And I think also like being a teenager right now is so hard, like, and not even just in a sense of like, oh my gosh, like I have to do school and stuff, but like, you know, we're just getting back into like this, I guess, quotes around post-COVID because like, I don't even know like what the time frame we're in is, but like, we just didn't have school for two years, basically. Like, and then on top of that, you have like TikTok and all these social media channels. And I just feel like there's so many different aspects that you see that like add these other layers of pressure because I mean, at least for me, like I know I have people that I will see like the stuff they put out and be like, why is their stuff doing better than mine? Because we're putting out the same things. And so you're like, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people with social media that I think you're not, that's not going to be any different in sport. Like you're going to be comparing yourself to your teammates or like to older athletes, because you're going to be like, well, I want to do that. And so I think that it's really awesome that you are creating like this space and this platform to, you know, help focus in on those mental aspects and like allow people to, you know, process certain things and give them tips to improve those areas. I like was losing words at the end, but like, (laughs) I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting just in what you just said right there, there's about like 10 different points to unpack. Right. So the thing about mental health is that, yes, it does relate to being able to have the tools you need to help yourself through the hard things, right? That, that's what it is. It's like, that's the mental performance skills part that relates to mental health, right? Yeah. Do I have the skills and the tools I need to help myself in these moments to coach myself, right? Whether it's on the soccer field or not on the soccer field, coaching myself through the, through the game, getting through those hard moments off the field, all that stuff. But I mean, we can touch on a couple of things here, but yeah, comparison culture, huge problem. It's so, it's so hard. (laughs) So hard. I mean, I even see it, know about it, fully understand it and still have to be so conscious to not get sucked into it. It is a constant battle for everyone day in and day out. And, you know, some people that don't have the skills to kind of see it that way, take it as like fully take it much like more personally I guess than um you know what I have this outside perspective which it still affects me yeah so I mean comparison culture is not good I mean and this is you know I when I'm on the field coaching I really try and get my players to stay off social media like the days before games and stuff so that they can focus because when you are on social media the only thing that you are doing is comparing whether you think it or not or like whether you realize it or not you're looking at people that are doing things and you that are doing good things. Cause that's what they're posting right now and posts their mess up videos. 
I mean, <laughs> that'd be great if they did. Some people do, but mostly it's my awesome goal or my cool, yeah. you know, all the training I'm doing and that kind of, I mean, is there any potential in that to feel better about yourself in a moment when you're trying to build your confidence so that you can hit the field and be in your optimal performance zone? Really, there's not, right? So, I mean, comparison culture is, comparison is the thief of joy. So, I mean, that's another big one with this, with constantly comparing yourself via social media. Guess what that sucks right out of the game? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> because you just, you don't think that you'll ever be able to be that person or be where they are. And the thing is, is you don't have to be anything for them. You're doing this for yourself. And really that kind of circles back to expectations and having these, a lot of players have these very unrealistic, unrealistically high, impossible expectations of themselves. And when they do not meet them, which they're not going to, because they're things that are out of their control, um, they end up feeling inadequate. They feel like a failure. They don't feel good about themselves. If your expectation going into a game is that you need to play to not make mistakes, you need to play really well, you need to score a goal, you need to win the game, you're not going to meet all those things every day because pretty much most of those things are not fully within your control. But by switching, this is a lot of the work that I do, by switching your expectations away from things that are out of your control, they're external, right? They're from other people. By switching those and switching, okay, I can control this part of my game and that's what I'm going to choose to base my confidence off of today. That's actually like a huge way to kind of progress out of that. But yeah, there's so much stuff you put, there's so much stuff to unpack. I mean, I could also touch on healthy competition because you were talking about, or what did you bring up when you talking about you know you having your teammates and like uh, who's gonna get the starting spot this and that I mean like a big thing for me is I'm always like you do not want to be the best player on your team and most players look at me like okay well I kind of do but what (laughs) yeah (laughs) because if you're ever the best player on your team and you kind of sit there you're actually inhibiting your own growth because you've maxed out where you're at and you are not pushing yourself anymore. You're not chasing anybody or anything. So if you ever become the best player on your team with a growth minded outlook and a healthy striving mentality, you should actually be seeking out a team to try and get onto that. You are the worst player on that team. And that's really hard when you bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> all like, I see it, but, um, they're like, but I just want to be at the top. I just want to be the yeah. best. <laughs> well, if you really want to go all the way to the top, this is how you do it. Right. So you do that, but just lots of what I do is I have lots of these conversations about lots of these topics and most players have not thought about these things in this way. So I think the biggest thing that I bring is just, you know, normalizing the conversation. Yeah, for sure. And normalizing the conversation and just getting them thinking differently and self-awareness because when players can tap into self-awareness and actually realize oh, I have self-defeating mentalities that are showing up every day. They're probably not helping me. That happens to probably most players that they don't know that they can't see it happening. Like it's just something that happens. So yeah, all of that stuff, I could talk in many directions here. So I'll I'll let you guide me. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually, so I never played soccer. I just like like ever, like no, like maybe in gym class, like kicked around a ball once or twice, but 
that is the extent of like my soccer playing skills um but I think that when I think about like kind of what you're talking about like I look at it from like being a dancer perspective because I've danced my entire life and it's like you're in this class and like you see you see people are getting their splits and you're like well should I have my splits already and so it's like that's how I am like turning what you say into like what something I can relate to because I you know don't play in a team environment but um over like the the years of me dancing I've like learn some things that like help me but like what are some skills that you think are crucial for people to kind of like use in their you know whether on the field or off the field just like their day-to-day life that will help them succeed like mentally but also like physically on the field so that they're always like growing in their game yeah I mean that's a really good question so one of the hard parts about mental performance skills is that they are hard to just learn by yourself right you, I mean, the first step to all of this, they have to have self-awareness of what's going on. So you have to kind of realize that something's not as good as it could be. You are not just this way, right? Because a lot of people just think it's my personalities. It's not, it's something that, you know, all these things going on in your head, it's science. Your brain is doing it because that's how it operates, right? And realizing that that is what you're dealing with is huge because once you do that, then you can kind of move into the growth-minded stage where you're like, okay, I know this is happening and I know I can change it. Now, how do I do that? But if you do not have that perspective, you can't change it. Really, you can't. Like if someone is very self-critical or defensive on feedback or just isn't in like that outlook, then it's really hard to do that. So that's kind of where I would say everyone needs to start. And how you start there is by listening to conversations like this <laughs> and realize that, you know, other people, that these are shared experiences, that you are not alone, that these are not unique to you. And that, you know, this is a real thing that can impact your life and, you know, make you a better player as well, which is kind of the, the hook, right? This can give you a huge, huge edge on your competition <laughs> because it's a huge part of your game. I mean, you ask most players, what percent of soccer players, probably any sport, what percentage of soccer is mental? They're all going to give you a big number, like 90%, you know, 80%, 70%. It's going to be on the higher end. And then you're like, okay. So you spend a lot of time training the tactical, training the technical, doing fitness. How much do you train the mental skills side? Yeah. And what do you think their answer is? not much (laughs) yeah or they don't know how or it's just like well I don't know yeah but it's the biggest percentage of the game so clearly people know that this is important but like I said having the self-awareness and then moving into growth-mindedness is the first part beyond that what I I would suggest and this is kind of like how I have formatted some of my work but I have a mental skills toolkit and in that is a lot of exercises with reflection because reflection is really important whether we're reflecting on a game or reflecting on our week we're reflecting on what sort of thoughts we're going through our head um, at our training or at games reflection is really important because that's how you gain self-awareness um, self-talk is huge and that's an actual tangible tool that you can use on the field and it's a lot I think of it a lot differently than some other people do so we, we don't just have negative self-talk positive self-talk Um, negative self-talk, how I think of it is it's anything going on in your head that is not helping you. (laughs) 
So it doesn't necessarily have to be like being mean to yourself, which is yeah. what a lot of people think it is. But if you're thinking about like, you know, I don't know, you know just use a crazy example, the birds flying over the field over there. That's yeah. not helping you. <laughs> like in yeah, the that's game, not right? helping you focus on the fact that you that's have to not. make a pass soon or something. Exactly. So <laughs> it's not negative, but it's not helpful. So that's kind of how I frame that. But then there's all sorts of self-defeating mentalities that also fit into their overthinking replaying missed missed opportunities the should haves the need tos oh my gosh there's so I do many all of, of those and I don't even play yeah. soccer it's it's the catastrophizing what's the worst case scenario um you know resentment comes up sometimes why oh, is that yeah. person getting this and I'm not um so there's a ton of self-defeating mentalities right that show up too but self-talk the way to use it to help you is to use it to stay in the present moment so a lot of that is not focused you're not thinking about the future. I need to score. I need to win. You're not thinking about the past. Oh, I should have done this differently. You're right here giving yourself instructions, directions, or asking yourself questions about what you need to be doing. Really good example of like neutral thinking would be anytime you make a mistake, your brain immediately goes to the question of what's next. There's no thoughts in between there. So training yourself to do that is huge because you are immediately present with what's going on. And I always tell players if they need to, if they need to reminisce about their mistakes, save it for after the game. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, they usually don't care, right? Because it's usually just right after, but there's no place for it because if you're in the past or if you're in the future in your head, you cannot play your best soccer. And this kind of goes to what you were talking about, about like other factors coming into training and like not being in that optimal headspace for training. You know, that's also being in the past, everything about something that happened. So you cannot play your best soccer if you're stressed out, if you're angry, if you're overly emotional, or if you're like goofy or silly or just like, you know, you know, that space that we sometimes get yeah. into. That's not either. Like you've got to be in this very present moment. It's very focused. I also do a lot of like goal setting in terms of like process goals and not necessarily the long, oh, long-term goals are important, but like, what are the steps to get us there? Yeah. Breaking that down into controllable things that you can do on the field. Like, okay. That my is goal, so helpful. Yeah. Like my like, goal is to play on the national team, but what is my process goal? What, what do I need to do right now? That's going to get me closer to that. Oh, maybe I need to, um, you know, be more creative on the attack. That's my process goal. So what is an objective that I can work on this game? That's completely in my control I can um pick my head up and make runs into the holes behind the line that's my controllable objective this week that one little thing not thinking about making the national team I'm thinking about making yeah. runs into the right <laughs> space right but it's all connected but that's how you get there and a lot yeah. of players don't do that they just they have this intention like I want to do this I want to do that I want to be a player that's on this team I want to be really fast. I want to be like better at this, but then they have no plan. So that's basically intention without action. Yeah. That doesn't work. And then you can have like someone that just does everything, but has no goal. That's action without intention. But when you put them both together, you become very invested intention plus action. And that's how you actually reach your goals, which is kind of cool. But the last tool that I kind of talk about a lot is like mindfulness, which ties into all the other stuff I do, but learning how to keep yourself in the present moment through like breath work or meditation is an extremely powerful tool that I know a lot of players have heard about, but it's kind of hard and scary to dive into because they don't know a lot about it, but it's one of the most impactful things you can do as an athlete because sure. it's just training your mind to stay right here. Yeah. 
and not go all those other crazy places that doesn't help you (laughs) yeah no I I meditate in the mornings and it's one of those things that when you start doing it it feels so weird because you're like I'm literally just closing my eyes and like breathing and I know for me like when I started my dad like my dad was big into meditation so he was like oh here like just do this do this and I'm sitting there and I'm like why am I still having thoughts? Like the thoughts need to go away. And mm-hmm. you just have to like get over that hurdle of it being like awkward to just sit there with your eyes closed and breathe because eventually it does really help. It gives my day like a lot more structure when I start my morning like that. When I don't, I feel like out of whack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think mindfulness is super, super important. And something that you pointed out was that so many athletes will say that like, you know, this big number, per- this big percentage is the mental aspect of how it's like, of the game you're playing but I think what's like crazy is that that's recognized and people know that but then there's not like those tools and ways to like help people that often like especially I mean I don't know much about like youth sports but I know like at the college level a lot of college athletes have been like we don't have access to the help that we should have and so I guess kind of like a question for you in that regard is like what do you think that like coaches or leagues or even like colleges can do to better assist like the mental needs of their athletes like what things can they put in place how can they you know encourage these mindfulness practices stuff like that so I mean a whole bunch of great questions there going back real quick to the meditation piece so what you said was really interesting and I think this is an important point to point out though for players that want to try this or anybody. The point of mindfulness meditation is that you're supposed to have those thoughts and then you're supposed to pull yourself back. Yes. <laughs> That's actually the training part of it. So <laughs> as you have the thoughts, you pull yourself back to, you know, focusing on your breathing or whatever you want. That's not the thoughts. So it's actually the act of pulling yourself back. That is the actual training. So you're doing a great job. Never, no, anyone feel like, oh, I, I, I'm not good at this. Like I can't not have thoughts. That's not actually the point of it. Yeah. Just to have the thoughts and to bring yourself back. Yeah, you're supposed to like recognize them and then like send it away. That's what, that's what I've like learned yeah. through the last yeah. couple, like months doing meditation. <laughs> A big thing about it too, is that it builds mental toughness because this is a big one for me. It's very uncomfortable sometimes. Like you do not want to do it. You do not want to be there. It's annoying that you can't do it in quotes, right? Right. And um, it's hard because you, so it's very uncomfortable, but putting yourself in uncomfortable situations is actually how you uh, grow your, your mental toughness. So can you put yourself in comfortable situations and get out of them? Uh, or, or, you know, get through them. That's great. Um, but in terms of mental health and mental performance skills with clubs and teams, that is a very good question because it's, I don't, I'm trying to say this in the best way possible. It's almost trendy right now to have some mental skills resources because it's what we're all trying to bring in, which is good. Like it's getting a lot of attention and it's good. It's, it's going towards that, but for some people, just a box to check and then they don't actually implement it. I don't know if that. No, that makes total sense. So a lot of, it's because people are used to doing things the way they're used to doing it. And they're like, okay, we'll do this because we need to do it because it's what people are expecting now. Yeah. But there's not actually the implementation of it. So a big part, the biggest, biggest part is that coaches and clubs really have to 
understand the true value and really be on board with bringing it into their gameplay. And the thing I don't think most people understand, especially the people that have been doing things for certain ways for so long and are hard to change and bring in new ideas, right? They're not as open-minded, is that this is your edge. <laughs> That's what I said before. Like, this is what gives, get, makes your teams better. Like, it really, really does. So even though it's like some of meditation, like people have certain judgments about that, right? Like in these things, and they're hard to talk to your team about them. Um, if you can find a way though, to bring it in, my first piece of advice for coaches, and I think it really does have to be coaches because it's harder to get like a club to necessarily buy into a lot of ideas. Yeah. But if a coach is really into it and understands it, normalizing the conversation again is the first step. And that just means starting, even if you don't know too much with what you do know, just start to bring up the words and the language, start to talk about mental toughness, start to talk about pregame nerves, start to talk about, um, you know, you know, that they are feeling pressure from the parent side of the field. Like, you know, that as the coach. So just starting to have those conversations, I think is, is the very first piece in the puzzle. And then, and I'm actually working on a project with this, um, <laughs> that's going to be coming out later this year. Um, but finding ways to tie in certain skills, like the self-talk pieces that I was talking about into training sessions and teach it along with your tactical topic, which is not easy to do, but that's why I'm working on something for coaches that will hopefully make it easier. Cause a lot of it is they just don't know what to do. So I would say start having conversations, even if you're not fully aware of everything and do your best to make it not as scary by just starting to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think, I think just like mental health in general is one of those things that like has been so like, oh, like, let's not talk about that. Like, you know, but I'm like, why not? Everybody has mental health, whether, whether yours is like, one of my therapists at one time was like, everyone has mental health, whether yours is up here or yours is down here, <laughs> you'll have mental health. Like, and so I think that that really put it into perspective for me because I would go around and be like, well, you know, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety and I'm overthinking everything and all this pressure today and everybody else just seems fine. But just because everybody else seems like they're fine, like I seemed like I was fine most of the time. So I think that like normalizing that conversation and having that conversation about how you're feeling about situations is so important because if you're just sitting in that like funk and sitting in that, you know, that all that pressure that you're putting on yourself, it's literally not going to get you anywhere. Like it's such a, like a mind block and you're just kind of putting a hurt, like a too big hurdle to jump over in front of you. And so I think that what you're doing is really, really amazing. Um, having those skills and teaching them to people, because I wish that there were more people, you know, at school or just in any aspect that were like willing to work through that and like teach those skills without you needing to like, I don't know, go through all the hoops to like figure out how you can like get a therapist or something like that. Like yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy because, well, first of all, what you just said, just because you carry it well, I like this quote, just because you carry it well doesn't mean it's not heavy. Yeah. <laughs> that is the truth, right? Because everyone has something going on and none of us know what it is for each other. So just because someone looks like they're okay, doesn't mean that they are. And you're, you're absolutely correct. 
mental health is a shared experience. Everybody deals with it, right? And a lot of the things that we deal with are similar, especially as a college student, right? You were saying like, there's pressure, there's expectations, there's, there's I need so to do much. this. And there's so much, it's overwhelming. And even the people that look like they're okay are still experiencing that. Whether it looks slightly different, it's bigger, yeah. it's smaller, it's, it's, it's still there. And having these conversations is so important because, well, just the work I do, one of the biggest things I think player, when I work one-on-one with players, one of the biggest things I think that they walk away with is just, they can talk about their feelings a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, cause that's really what it is. It's starting to get some of it out. Even if you, there's never a right or wrong answer. Like I'm always so clear about that when I'm working with my players, I'm like, just whatever comes out is right. Right. It's just how you're feeling. And sometimes you can't find words to describe that, which is okay as well. It's just about talking about it. And I think that that was like the big moment for me at the beginning. I really realized that, oh, I can start talking about this stuff with my players in the context of soccer. And it's so impactful, not just on the field, but in how they go home. And, you know, cause I mean, like you got middle schoolers that are like, now already thinking about which colleges to apply for, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that's crazy. But it, it is it is how it works. Like it is what is happening. So they're already feeling that pressure in seventh grade. So they got like all this time <laughs> for it to build. Yeah. And that's why that's why it becomes so hard in college. So I really I feel for you. But hey, you have great awareness and good perspective which like I said that's the first step if you can get there and realize that you're not alone it already makes it less big would you agree on that like yeah for sure I remember I was listening to um Kelly O'Hara did a podcast with some of her spirit teammates Mm -hmm. and so I think it was Emily Sonnet, Trinity Rodman and Andy Sullivan and Trinity Mm -hmm. Rodman was talking about how before the championship game last year her and like one or two other people were like in the locker room like so nervous like throwing up and I'm just like babe we gotta work through that that is not okay yeah like that is not there there's so many things that you can do to like yeah and I I totally understand like being nervous about something before I would have to go out and do like you know dance routine or something I'm like really nervous but like if you're that nervous that your body is like Mm -hmm. like I'm just rejecting all that nerves like there's got to be something that you can do. I mean, it's crazy. There's a couple really important things to note here. You feel pressure at any level of the game because those players are at the top, right? And they're still feeling it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't go away. Pre-game nerves do not go away, right? They're, you can't shovel them off and hope that they are gone. They're okay. It means you just have to kind of make parents friends. And like started um, Katie Save, which mm-hmm. is basically like this movement to implement... Um, like tools and just like a way to advocate for college athletes um, in like the university like system and to make it like a place where student athletes feel more comfortable, like talking about things that are going on in their life. And I don't know, I think it's really important. I think it's really awesome that they're turning that into like this thing that can hopefully help other people um because I feel like this last like year just looking at college sports there's been there's just been a lot um and I just think that like I know we kind of touched on this but 
just in terms of like college athletes because obviously you're coaching a lot of like these younger kids who want to become college athletes so how do you think that like learning these skills at a young age will better them for like when they are at this top level where there is a lot more pressure because you're taking really difficult courses and like when you're at that college level like some people want to go pro and so managing all of that that's a great question um first of all that's amazing that they're already doing that work so soon right um and just such important work because we need to keep talking about this stuff like we do going to your the second part of your question about the younger ones I actually think about this a lot when I am working with a player that's you know, 12 and already playing at really high levels of the game. I think about the fact that once they've gone through, because I have this 10 week program that I do with female athletes, once we've had all the conversations that are in that curriculum, right, and it kind of steers towards their individual needs, but none of them will ever kind of think about these things in the same way, ever. It's awareness. It's built self-awareness. So I think that having these conversations early, regardless of if things change right in front of them, because like I said, self-defeating mentalities are not going to go away. Pressure is not going to go away. Nerves are not going to go away. They're only going to grow and expand and change, right? Yeah. They're always going to be there. But knowing, having this kind of internal knowledge that knowing that these are shared experiences, knowing that these things are coming, right? Because there's always bumps, there's always obstacles, there's always struggles, there's always challenges. Literally, you can't. Yeah, you can't avoid it. It's just life. If you try, unless you just don't want to grow, right? (laughs) If you're like in college, you're trying to get to the end of college, there's going to be bumps along the way, right? Unless you just want to sit still and do nothing, <laughs> like then it's unavoidable. Like these things are going to collapse. So I think that it is, yes, the work in colleges is so important. And it's so important because many players haven't been introduced to these or many students in college, um, just college students haven't been introduced to these topics. So that is awesome. That work is awesome. But bringing it into the conversation when you're younger is eventually how we combat some of this, right? Because when you're preparing them younger, when they get to college and they at least have some, some tools to self-regulate, to coach themselves through it, they are already better prepared than the ones that do not have it. I mean, that's kind of how I see it. Just introducing the topics and normalizing the conversation. Again, these things that I've been kind of talking about younger and younger while they still need to continue to work on it and it's not going to solve everything that comes up it's just a different perspective and that different perspective alone helps people be able to handle things better yeah for sure I think yeah I think that that's so awesome and I definitely think that like feel like there's some times where people are like oh like they're just kids like they don't need to like know about this stuff but if you're putting these kids in these high performance environments they do and so I just I really like 
commend what you do because I think it's awesome that you are having these conversations with people and like teaching them these skills that are going to benefit not just your performance on the field but off the field and just like you know maintaining relationships and going to school like it's it helps in every area of life so I think it's really awesome that you teach those things to your athletes thanks yeah I mean habits are hard to change right so why are we waiting until like we don't want to wait until they're in college yeah I mean it's the same thing you got the 12 or 13 year old that like even the 14 year old that is scared to head the ball or um doesn't really know how to communicate well on the field you need to start working on that as young as you can because once you set things kind of going and you start to develop habits good or bad they are harder to change yeah so even like I said even if it's not you cannot have the same conversation with an 11 year old that you can have with a college student hands down like you can't you can't get as deep you can't talk about the same stuff but you would be surprised at where you can go. And also they're more willing to talk about it. So if you get, and this is not for everyone. Some people just are not in a space to be able to do this, right? But for the players that are, for the people that are, it is just, I don't want to say life-changing, but I kind of do because, I mean, think back to, I'm not sure how you were when you were in middle school, but if I had had any idea about even 1% of the stuff that I know about this stuff now, oh, oh, I'd have been a different person. For sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, you know, that's just, I just think it's really important. And another thing about the mental health space, mental performance skills, they're kind of two different things, but they definitely overlap, right? So, um, cause mental performance skills is really like, how does it turn over onto the field and, and mental health is really, you know, how do I feel about myself and all that stuff? Yeah. But there's a lot of new people new, um, like coming in and doing work in this space. Um, and we should welcome everybody. That's how I feel. So I actually try and make friends with as many of them as I can, because I'm like, everybody needs this and there's not enough of us. Yeah. There's literally not enough of us. So let's all do it and we can all do it with our own spin and twist. And that's the thing about me. Like I'm not a sports psychologist. I am a coach. And I think that where I'm really strong is my ability to take the science and take these stuff from the experts and then make it usable for the players on the field because the players on the field, they're not going to, you know, they hear this is good for you. That's good for you. But unless someone cares and shows them how to do it, and actually they can see it working in front of them. It's really difficult to get them on board, to get them to buy in. So I think being that middleman is, is challenging, but I think it's really important. It doesn't really have like a fancy title, but yeah. it's just like, I'm in the middle. I'm helping, you know, take all the knowledge that we know works. And yeah, it, but it's super it important because I mean, yeah, I've learned these things, but like my dad's told me things, therapist has told me things. Like I've seen people be like, oh, like use these journaling techniques on TikTok. Like, you know, just silly things like that. But like I'm not Googling like mindfulness studies and like <laughs> reading things just because that doesn't like comprehend in my brain, like reading things about how important. So like I think it's awesome that you are taking that knowledge that is out there but like making it 
easier to understand and more accessible because no 12 year old is like oh yeah I have some free time let me go look up how to meditate like oh. you're like let me go play well they don't club penguins like not a thing anymore but you I was gonna like I was gonna say go play club penguin but I don't think that that exists so but my point is like no one is using their free time when you're in middle school to like go look up how to do yoga or like journaling like it just it's not very likely so to have and even teaches that is awesome yeah and even when it shows up on tiktok or instagram or whatever they're seeing it and they're like maybe like it or interested in it but not many people are going and trying it it's yeah. kind of like pinterest might be before your time but but yeah, i love pinterest okay. <laughs> so i noticed like something about pinterest is that and i never really i use it for like recipes but i never use it for like, like art projects and stuff like a lot of people do but like people pin a hundred things they want to do and then get they don't do any they just pin it right it's just there yeah <laughs> so that's what like, I do with recipes I save things yeah. like, I'm gonna try that for dinner and then I literally never do yeah well there you go great example so um I've actually made myself only only save recipes that I've made so I've, okay. I've gotten off that but but that's how it works right but that's what I'm saying with this stuff we can talk about it and show it to them till we're blue in the face but like, unless I take it to them and ask them questions and what the work I do is I work one-on-one. So I have guiding questions that help them self-discover and they have to do it because they're sitting there talking to me. Otherwise the conversation would not go anywhere, Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but they, they, they enjoy it, but it, it's kind of being handheld through the process. So I think that stuff like that is really important because you're at, you can see all these journaling exercises on TikTok, but exactly. But right. It just like, yeah, it's just there. Saved, <laughs> saved it or something. That's it. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that was a very awesome conversation. I'm, <laughs> I'm not being biased. I think it was awesome. Um, I feel like anybody who's listening probably just learned a bunch or might be interested in learning more about mindfulness and things that they don't even think about on a day-to-day basis. So um, if, I mean, if you are listening to this and you do want to know more, um, you have a website, right? It's mm-hmm. expandyourgame.com. Yep, it is expandyourgame.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely be sure to check that out, especially if you are a player or a coach. I know that there are a lot of helpful tools and skills and things on there. Um, and then I like genuinely like don't be afraid to ask questions if you have any questions about anything we talked about and you want to reach out to me and I could forward questions like I I'm so willing to help people um so I'm really glad that we got to do this and before we like you know press end on the recording I have some <laughs> rapid fire questions okay so, go for it <laughs> okay so what is your favorite sport other than soccer to watch basketball okay (laughs) um what is your favorite (laughs) wellness practice like yoga meditation journaling like whatever Mm. meditation and running okay I feel like it's very meditative so okay (laughs) what is like your go-to like coffee or tea order or that you like your favorite morning drink I guess is what I'm Mm. gonna call it (laughs) so french press a coffee at home I actually don't order coffee anymore because I don't do packaging so I gotta take my own cup but americano if I'm going out (laughs) 
what is your like favorite pizza topping oh jalapenos and pineapples together <laughs> i'm a pineapple and pizza hater i'm not gonna uh, lie that's okay <laughs> um if like okay if you could play on like any nwsl team like which one would you want to play for oh man i mean I haven't settled on a team yet. Like each year I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a fan of this team, that team. Probably because of where I live, I doesn't have one. Um, But I am from the Pacific Northwest and I have always loved the Thorns team, no matter who's on it. It's always fun to watch. So yeah, (laughs) I I can, I can support that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get crap for not saying rain because I'm from Seattle, but sorry <laughs> they're pretty stacked right now I know they are they just got to token to Heath, I like, know oh yeah very uh, solid team <laughs> um who was like your your soccer inspiration role model like or just athlete who like you looked up to when you were growing up oh growing up you know because I wasn't as invested in the soccer community I wasn't I was just went for the big names so definitely Mia Ham for sure mm-hmm. I mean that's still valid <laughs> oh I know it totally is it's just like I didn't know much more beyond that so <laughs> yep. okay and then one last one what is mm. like your favorite dessert oh I'm a big foodie in case you couldn't tell based yeah. on the question so I, I recently switched to being mostly vegan so all my answers have changed I've had to think about these things um <laughs> I do love ice cream and I love baking. So any kind of like muffin or like cookie or cake, I'm good, good for. <laughs> so just like all the, all the baked goods. Yes, mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> I, you know, I support that. I love one. The other night we had like, like blueberries that were like, they need to be eaten or like, yeah. and so I just made blueberry muffins and I was like, yeah it was like nine o'clock at night I was like blueberry muffins got it I think I got some lemon poppy seed muffins on my list to make this week so (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for coming on here I really really appreciate it and I really enjoyed talking to you I think that this is gonna hopefully help a lot of people (laughs) yeah it was so awesome thank you so much for having me on and like I said I um I like talking about this stuff so (laughs) It's not, it's not hard to kind of get going about something that you feel strongly about. So. Yes, for sure. And then if there's any like social media or anything that you want to like plug for people to follow. Yeah. So I am expandyourgame.com. I am on Instagram at expandyourgame. So all one word, pretty easy again. Um, I have recently started so the Instagram and the website is mostly focused on players lots of good resource articles and stuff and I've recently started a parents Facebook group so I just started that it's expand your game community for parents so you can search that and find that which is a big important piece of the puzzle because a lot of parents want to know how they can help instead of just telling their kid to be more confident yeah that doesn't work parents don't do that <laughs> uh the kids are like oh okay it's not that easy thanks mom thanks dad yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's where I'm at I am uh active on all of those platforms so mm-hmm. awesome well thank you so much again and thanks yeah yeah That's all for this week's episode of MedSap. So thank you for listening. Um, I hope that you gained some insight from this and were able to learn a few things just about 
mindfulness and how important it can be in not only, you know, sports and soccer, but in every aspect of your life. And definitely, if you have any questions, do not hesitate to follow up. Um, You can message me or Jen, and I know I would be more than happy to put you in contact with her. And just, I don't know, I think it's a really important thing to know about and to understand so that you can be putting your best self forward every day. Um, And with that being said, just make sure to, as usual um follow me on the socials so on twitter mickey underscore alfano on instagram mickey mickey alfano and mickey mics up and then also make sure to follow women's sports exchange w sports exchange on twitter and on instagram um yeah those are our handles we are also now on tiktok and so definitely be sure to check us out there and yeah i will see you guys next week <laughs>